guys. Sit down. I'm so excited to be here. First, I'll just let you know right off the bat, um, we were supposed to have a big box of books that came in, and it is, it's halfway across the country. It did not come in. Uh, so so what, the reason I brought those is because a lot of people here, you've already um, purchased the book that I released last year about this time when I came here. I released a book. I wrote myself a book, and um, it, it, thanks to you guys and a bunch of other people, it went to the bestsellers list on the first day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... So we're all gone. The good part, though, is this. Is, is the reason I was going to bring those is so that way, if you wanted to purchase one, and when I say purchase, I mean donate for any amount. It, it could be any amount um, because we've gotten to the place now where I own 100% of the rights to the book. Um, most most pub, big like publishing deals, you get about 8% of, of ownership of the book and, and the rights of the book. Um, I, I have been blessed to get 100% of that. What that means is I can do anything I want with it. Uh, so I don't have to ask for to I say that for this reason is because what I want to do for the next three months that I feel like I have committed to um, there's there's a certain amount of jails prisons and juvenile correction uh, centers that have given me permission to go in and and do do presentations go to speak the gospel or and and also some that just want me to send uh, books their way and so what I do is uh, I'm, for the next three months anyone who donates toward that gets themselves a book like a, it, you'll you'll get yourself a book and that was supposed to be here this morning. Obviously, they're not here, but they're on the way. They'll get here this week. And so if you want to donate toward the giving of a book to uh, uh, someone that's behind bars in a lockup facility, anything like that, a juvenile correctional center, we've got permission to go to certain places, and I'm getting more permission all the time. Um, so I, I actually spend about half my time behind bars, like much of my family, and then I... And, 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 and so, so if you want to give toward that, whatever donation you, you see fit and you want to do, um, I believe it's our commission to reach into the places where, where they can't come to us. And they can't come to us. I know we're doing a Facebook Live uh, right now. Some, some may have access to Facebook, but it's not sitting on their new iPhones. You know what I'm saying? So they have, they're, they're, they're in a, a position where they need us to go to them. And I'm a big believer in that. My family is here as a result of someone coming in. Uh, a, a guy came in, my, my little Mexican Nana, she was a 17-year heroin addict, and she had uh, accidentally broke a needle off while she was shooting up into her vein, and, and she checked herself into a mental institution uh, facility because she knew that if she did that, then they wouldn't put her in prison afterwards because she had some other stuff going on. And so while she was there, a guy who was, his name's Skippy, I don't know what his real name is, that's what we know him by, his name was Skippy from the Vario, Skippy had, Skippy was serving time with my grandpa in in prison, my grandpa spent his life in prison and, and and died that way. And while he was in there, someone came along and shared the gospel with him. Skippy got out, and Skippy was visiting someone at that facility that my nana was in. And Skippy goes by and says, hey, "Bertha, is that you?" And she was like, "Yeah, that's me. Is that you, Skippy?" And it just keeps on going from there. I'm not going to reenact the whole thing, but. He shares the gospel with her, and because of that, the 17-year heroin addiction was broken off of her. The trajectory of our family's life was... The only other Christian we could find inside the, my family history goes back to a guy named William Tyndale. William Tyndale is actually the guy who translated the Bible into King James English. So most of you holding the Bible today, it's because my great, 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 great uncle uh, did that. But then right after he did that, he got burnt at the stake for doing that. 
So everyone else was like, mm, we'll just lay low now. Uncle William, it did not work out for him. And then, hundreds of years later, my little Mexican nana in a mental institution, a heroin addict, God set her free and changed everything. I believe it's our commission to go into those places and share the gospel. We can't blame people for what we don't give them. So, so anyway, if you want to give towards that, they know what to do in the back. You just go there after service and you can do it however you want. If you want to give 25 cents, if you want to give $5, if you want to give uh, whatever it is you want to give, that would go 100% to, to that for the next three months. Rock on? Okay, so let's pray. Father God, help us. Amen. Did you know that it's impossible for a bumblebee to fly? Did you know that? Some of you are looking at me, it's like, mm, I don't know if you've seen outside, but bumblebees fly. I know, I've seen it happen too. But every time it happens, according to us, according to engineers, according to people who are specialists in building aviation type things that fly in the sky, according to everyone that's really smart, very educated, it's impossible to recreate something with the same dimensions as the bumblebee and make it fly. The big fuselage body of the bumblebee, I'm not going to say it's overweight. I'm going to say maybe it's big-boned. Th- it works out a lot. I don't know. I, I don't want to body shame the bumblebee. But, but its big body is too big for its little wings to carry it. The only one who doesn't know this is the bumblebee. That's the only one. Every, the bumblebee flies by people who are way smarter than it every day, and those people are like, you can't fly. Yet the bumblebee is just like, Zzz. it just, it wakes up in the morning. It's like, this is, I'm going to fly today. Like, it just goes. It's so confident in the ability that it's been given in life. Like, even though it's got a big body, it wakes up so confident in its ability to fly, it chooses to wear its stripe this way. It doesn't care. It's like, look at me. I'm going to celebrate this. It's just, I believe I can fly. And it just flies. Yet it's impossible to do. I know some of you still don't believe me. If you don't believe me, look it up after church. Look it up on your Google machines. Don't do it right now, but look it up. You'll find that for hundreds of we have proven the bumblebee can't fly. It's impossible to create the same type of thing and make it do the same thing. It can't. Even beyond that, did you know the bumblebee, beyond its original limitations that it was given in life, that we see it from the natural, it can't be done, it actually has the ability to do more that it's it's created to pollinate. That means it carries pollen from here to there. Because of its big body, it's able to carry more. So not only is it able to do the impossible right now, it's it's also, it's created... And has the ability to do far beyond that. Why do I say that in a church service? Why does that matter? Because everyone in here, you've been given some set of wings to fly. And everyone in here, when you look in the natural, there are things that come along your path that you naturally say, I can't do that because there's no way I could carry that weight. There's no way I could carry this assignment. There is no way that I could do this. Why? Because my wings are too small, and so that justifies me not doing it. We look from a natural perspective. We look at things as though we see them right now, as how we see them right now. We don't look at things how God sees us. 
God sees us how he designed us. He designed a bumblebee to be able to fly. Therefore, a bumblebee can fly. We hardly ever get to the place where we find out what God designed us for. Because we constantly look at the natural. We look around of what I can't do. I can't do. You know who the bumblebee needs to have a serious sit-down conversation with? The chicken. Like, doesn't it seem like the chicken would be more able to fly than a bumblebee? Like, you see the two lined up? One's got feathers. No, I'm sure, I know it doesn't look noble. Like, it doesn't, it's not the the bald eagle. It's not a hawk. Like, "Ah!" it's not doing that. It's not a condor. It's not a, but but it's a chicken. And even when I say chicken, people are like, (laughs) that's silly. Why are we like that with a chicken? Why? Because a chicken doesn't fly. Therefore, the chicken, in our perspective, is silly. Chicken, they're getting slaughtered every day. If I was a chicken, I'd be like, if I can just get 20 minutes with you, Bumblebee, I just got to... Because surely the chicken's aware that you can go into any restaurant and find some chicken item on the menu. The chicken knows that. The bumblebee, not even one place have I ever been where there's like, oh, a bumblebee platter. I think I'll try that. Why? Because the bumblebee flies away. The chicken just, and then, and it could be in your and my life that that we have been just plucking around when we have the ability to fly. And, and, and we could keep ourselves from being slaughtered over and over and over in certain areas of our life if we would just embrace that, though it may not seem like it, though it may not look like it, though no one else I know has done this, possibly I'm designed to be able to do more than what it is that I do. There's more on the inside. Romans 12, 2 says this, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the different way that you think. So you can prove what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect plan of God, the perfect will for your life. The perfect plan for the bumblebee's life in God's perspective is that it flies. The perfect plan for you in your life is that in certain areas of your life, there's going to be things that are beyond you, yet God has assigned you to carry, to do. And our problem is we look at the natural we look at the size of the wings. We look at the, we look at the size of the, oh, no, no, before I do that, i got to get myself in shape. I can't do Well, yes, get yourself in shape, but don't stop flapping your wings. Don't just subject yourself to being slaughtered over and over because it's been told to you that you can't. The bumblebee, if, if, it, could, if it could understand us, I think there's a beauty in not being able to understand certain things. Bumblebee just doesn't understand when we say, you can't fly. To a bumblebee, it sounds like, uh, you know that sound when you've been around the speakers too closely and then you got it, like that. Remember the 80s when you used to go to those concerts in the 90s and you stand too close to the speakers and then, and then you, you come out and people are like, and you're like, you're just hoping your hearing comes back. That's how the bumblebee sees us. Bumblebee's like, we 
can, the Bible says, do all things through Christ which strengthens us. Philippians 4.13 says we can. Everyone say can. Such a, such a little used word in our vocabulary. I can do this. I can do this. Can't is so much more popular to us. I can't do that. Oh, you know what? I wish I could, but I can't. I can't is a regular. For me to say I can do something, maybe it's just a part of human nature that we, we grow. Like my kids, you know, I, I find myself so often as a dad saying, hey, hey, no, no, you guys can't do that. You guys can't do it. As, you're, as they're growing up, we tell them so often they can't, and we just embrace this can't mentality. And, and maybe sometimes it is like, I always tell parents, listen, focus on the cans, like really try to, and, and the yeses, because you'll wage war over the can'ts. If, if you don't get those cans in there, if you don't get those do's in there, if you don't get those yeses in there and celebrate those, well, it's the same with us. We need to start identifying the things we can do on a small level. So that way when bigger things come, you will be conditioned for it. You've worked out before. You understand how it works. We all have this notion that I'm going to get in there and I'm just going to be like, now I've, I've, I've made this commitment. I've, I've made it. I've signed up for the class. I'm going to do this. And then, you, you know, one week after that, you're just like, mm, like that. And we lose our steam. And we say, ah, I can't, because we get all excited. Listen, if we'll condition ourselves slowly, then one thing that taught me this principle of can do beyond what my mindset tells me is when I was 19 years old, um, something weird happened. I, I wanted to start working out and getting big. Now, I need to describe myself before this season. Before this season, if you saw pictures of me before I was 19, I weighed, I could not break 145 pounds, and I was already six foot one, so I was already this height, and with my hair back then, I was six foot four, and, and I, but I was just 145 pounds, and so I'd step outside and it went, like it'd blow me away. Like I was just scrawny, and I could not gain weight for anything. Now, the, the things have changed since then, amen? I, my abs have turned into ab, like God has matured me in a way that men grow. And, and at that time, though, I wanted to get big. And when I say big... I'm talking about like bodybuilder big. Like that's what I wanted. I wanted that big where it's uncomfortable to see the guys walk. They're just, you know, they look like robots. Like you could hear them. I was like, I want that. Like there's a certain level of bigness that a man gets like the, that's it's beyond normal. And you can tell when he gets that level because he chooses to wear shorts that are way too short. Like you can see the pocket coming out of the bottom. You're like, mm, okay, dude. Show them legs off. I want to be that big. I had three friends that were bodybuilders. And I was like, if anyone can help me, these guys can. They were literally training for competition. And I was like, dudes, can I work out with you? And they were like, yeah, yeah, jump in. And we went and it was chest day. Monday and it was chest day. Those of you who don't know, chest day is man day at the gym. It is. 
Why? Because, see, when you work chest, every other muscle group, you, you work it, and it's isolated to that muscle group. But on chest, you work several muscle groups at the same time. Therefore, you're, the pump that you get, it makes you feel bigger immediately. I don't care who you are. You, when, you're, when you're bench pressing, you work your pecs right here, but so the blood's flowing through there and expands your muscles. But at the same time, you're, you're pushing up with the triceps. And on the triceps, you got the three muscle groups back there, and you're pushing up with those. And so now you're, the back of your arms are feeling bigger, and then your traps are big, and you just feel like... You feel like that. You don't look like that, but you feel like that. <laughs> leg day, we skip leg day. But chest day, it's man day at the gym. And man, I was excited for this chest day. And I got in there, and it was, a, it was the first exercise. And it was, a, it was a bench press type exercise, but they had these machines called apex machines. And on these apex machines, what, what it was was like a, nautilus, like a nautilus machine that you sat down on, but you actually put free weights on. And so they put their weight on. There's four of us total, three of the big guys and me. I'm going to do the last set. So they put their weight on onto this chest. And I was all excited, and these guys were huge, and their weight went on. 45-pound plates, three of them on each side. And I was like, Nyee. I was in the corner. I was so excited. And the first guy goes. He's pushing it out. Now, the goal was this. We're going to do three sets of these. The first one, we're going to do ten. The second one, we're going to add a little bit of weight. We're going to do uh, eight. And then the last one, we're going to max out. That means the, the heaviest we can lift and try to get six of those. Does that, that make sense, everybody? So there's three sets of them. This is the first set. The first guy rips out ten of them. The second guy. Third guy. And now it's my turn, and I'm all excited. Like, this looked like an episode of Lord of the Rings where, where these guys are the orcs, you know, the monsters being formed out of trees and like that. And, and I'm like, Shmigo, like, like and, and I sit down, I sit down, and they take their weight off. 345 pound plates on each side and put my weight on 15 pounds. A 10, cling, and a 5, cling. I wasn't discouraged because I knew this is going to get me beyond where I am. And, I, and it was just like, must lift it, hurts us, burns us. Master wants us to grow. No, Master doesn't want us to grow. Master wants you to stay the same. No, not listening. And I, I did it. I pumped 10 of these out. The next set, they did theirs. And then the last set came along. We got involved in this conversation. This really in-depth conversation, real manly conversation. What was the conversation about, you ask? I'm glad you asked that. The conversation was about back hair removal. <laughs> These guys are bodybuilders. What I learned that day is that uh, when you're in a competition, which they were training for, you do not get selected if you are fuzzy. Like, you have to be shiny and aerodynamic so they were all talking about the different methods of getting rid of their pesky back hair. And, and the third, one, first guy goes, the second guy goes. Remember, this is the heaviest weight we're lifting. And then right before the third guy goes, he gets a phone call. And he said, hey, I need to take this. Um, Elijah, you work in here, and then I'll come back in, in and finish it. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And so I get down there, just got to do six of these. And so I punch. Mm -hmm. 
and I pumped them out, six of them. It was hard. It was hard, but I, I did it. Here he comes back in, and we go to change the weight. And when we do, uh, we realize something. We had been so caught up in this conversation about back hair removal that we forgot to take their weight off. That means me, Schmeagel, just lifted their weight. Yeah, something happened to me that day. I became a man that day. <laughs> you, testosterone was everywhere. Women and children were running out of the room. <laughs> no, too much. Ma'am, save yourself. Leave the child. <laughs> I don't know why the child needed to be there, but. It's my responsibility to raise up the young. And I, I, I did what everyone else in this room would have done. I said, uh, guys, let me try it one more time. Just one more time. I just lifted. I mean, of course, you're excited. I get down there. One, two. I couldn't move it. All right? One, two. I could not budge that thing. Third time's the charm. One, two. What was that? I'm just saying there's a lot of pressure involved. Don't judge me. I pushed hard. I couldn't lift the weight. I could not lift the weight. And let me ask you this. Was it the weight that changed? No. Was it the capacity of the person, the strength of the person lifting the weight? Did that change? No. The only thing that changed was my mind told me. Once it knew this is beyond your limits, my mind took control of what my body could do. I, I could not perform beyond the level at which I thought. And so when I thought limitation, I had limitation. Friend, it could be that you're in here today and you are limited because of your mindset. You need to hear this scripture again. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. The title of today's message is called Crazy Thoughts. And the reason I call it Crazy Thoughts is because I've identified five mindsets of limitation which spell out the word crazy. We're not going to get through all of them. We'll maybe get to the second one. But the first one is can't. A can't mentality will hold you back from being who it is God created you to be. And if you are not the person walking in the identity that God created you to, to walk in, then you'll never accomplish what it is that you're created to be here for. I can't stand it when I hear people. I know it's sincere. I know it's kind-hearted. But when I hear people tell teenagers and tell kids, friend, if you just, listen, listen, if you just believe and, and want it bad enough and work hard enough, you can be anything you want to be. What? That's crazy talk. You can't. I know some of you are like, no, yes, you can. Really? Okay, let's just go through a few scenarios. <laughs> let's just say you want it 
with all your heart the ability to fly. I've wanted that since I was four years old. I wanted to be able to fly. I want, it's not because I have evil in my heart. It's not because I worship Satan. It's not because I'm trying to get off. I just want to be able to fly. It's always been in me. I want the ability not to fly in a plane, not a jetpack. I'm talking about me flying over this crowd right now. That's what I want. Matter of fact, I have faith. I've planted seed for it, brother. No matter how bad I want something, and no matter how hard I work at it, doesn't mean I'm going to be able to accomplish that. The Bible says, I can do all things. And you're like, ah, see, all things, shut up. <laughs> I'm talking to the person next to you. <laughs> all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Strengthens me to do what? What he's designed me to be able to do. Amen. See, that's why we have to transformed by the renewing of our minds so we can find what it is and who it is he's created us to be. So as we walk in that, that's why it's important we get close to him. The closer we get to him, the more we understand who he is, the more we understand who he is, the more we understand who we are, because according to Genesis 1, 26 and 27, we are created in his image. I've got something, most people right now, they look at the image of themselves, the reflection of themselves on their phone. That's what you do. You look at your phone and you see what you look like. Uh, women, you used to carry around little compact things where the, and their makeup thing. I'm sure they still have that, but but that's that, let's just say, what's the most expensive one of those that you've ever received? What's the most expensive compact that you've ever purchased? What? 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Now, if we look in that compact and I ask you, oh, who do you see in there? You would say, I see me. And I'd say, describe yourself. And you would be able to describe features of yourself. I'd say, okay. Now, what I'm going to do, are you sure that's you? And you're, yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's, yeah. And you're looking at that reflection of you. You're looking at that's you. For sure, that's you. That's you. And I'd say, okay. Now, you're confident that's you. And you'd say, yeah, of course I'm confident that's me. And I'd say, okay. Now, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to thump you in the forehead. And be like, oh, I don't like. And I'd say, now stay still. And then I would thump the mirror, the compact. And I'd say, did that hurt? And you'd say, no. And I'd say, well, why not? And you know, because you, you, you thumped the mirror. And I'd say, but you just described that as you. No, but that's a $20 reflection of me. You see, the problem is we are looking at ourselves with a very dumbed down version of who we really are. We're looking at ourselves in this reflection that doesn't even make sense. At most, let's say this thing brand new was $700, that's, and that's, an expensive, that's expensive. I don't want to be dropping the $700, but at most, if I look at myself in this, that's a $700 version of me, but God said that I'm a masterpiece. A priceless thing created with His DNA. So in order for me to see what my true reflection looks like in His DNA, I've got to get in this. The more I see of him, the more I understand about me. Ah, I see that's your nature, God. Oh, I don't have to be so mad at it and angry at people. That's okay, because you love people. Oh, turns out you do love people in here. I was just paying attention to that stuff they said about the Old Testament. I was trying to kill everybody <laughs> with my Facebook posts. So we see that we can do all things that he's created us to do. That there's assignment on our life, but we have to get the can't mentality out of our mindset. 
we have to stop. Why? Because it limits you from the ability that you have. Now, I'm not saying that just because that day I did that in the gym, that ever since then I've been able to lift that weight and I finally got that mindset off of me. No, and I'm not telling you to go do that because that's foolishness. Don't go to the gym after this and just put a bunch of weight, stack a bunch of weight on a bench press and say, I can do all the a hernia is going to pop out. Because no matter how bad I want to do some stuff, I want to fly, but if I get out there and I, I can do all things through cross, what strengthens me, bro? Amen. Y'all, y'all reach up your hands and pray for a brother as he tries to fly, and I, I will splat. So my goal is to find who it is God called me to be. The wings that he gave me were to carry a specific weight, to do a specific task or tasks here on earth. And we need to get out of the mentality that we just can't because we see physical limitations. We see natural limitations. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Listen, you have said I can't for too long. God needs you to move. God needs you to step up and do what it is he's asking you to do. Esther, Mordecai told Esther, listen, if you don't step up, if you don't do this thing, it's in chapter 3, if you don't do this thing, here's what's going to happen. God will send hope and deliverance from another source. But don't think that you and your father's house will be saved. That means you're not going to receive what you're supposed to receive in this life because you won't step up. But God's will will get done. I don't want to see someone else stepping up in my place, doing what it is I just refuse to do because I had my mindset on limitation. Friend, it's time that you stepped up. I don't know what it is that the enemy's telling you you can't do, but you get the can. You get can in your mindset. You get can in your vocabulary, and you get closer and closer to God. And, and you'll, you'll, you'll start seeing yourself flying at a different level. Does that make sense? Last, the last three minutes of this, last three minutes, I'm going to just share with you real quickly what the next one is, and that's R. The R stands for rejection, the fear of rejection. We live in a generation that, that we're so concerned about what other people think about us. Now, I want to say that with the right heart and the right spirit, because what I'm not saying is I'm not saying that we should just, um, we, should, we should be mean to the people who are not like us in an unchurched world. That's not who God called us to be. If we're to be an example of what Jesus is like here on earth, well, Jesus was somebody who invited the world in. Does that make sense? Jesus, and he said, if my name be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So our goal is to lift up the name of Jesus, and then he will draw people unto him. That, that, that's the goal here, that I'm filled with the presence and the power of God. Acts 1.8 says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon me, I'll receive power to be a witness in my city, my state, my nation, and in my world. That my empowerment from the Holy Spirit is not just to get up here and speak in tongues. That may be a manifestation, a gifting, but my empowerment is for the specific reason of me being a witness. A witness gets up and testifies. We live in a generation that we are, we are concerned and we're afraid of what other people think. So we don't testify of who God is and what he's done in our lives. When I say testify, I'm not talking about just point out the differences between our belief system and their belief system. I'm talking about testify of the nature of God and who he is, what he's done for us. It's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. Let's tell the world about how good he is to us. 
Let's tell the world about how he got us through. But what stops us is this lie of the enemy saying they are not going to accept you. They're not. It's this fear of being rejected. You think that you don't qualify for this? If you really think that you are a, 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 a void from this, that you are exempt from this, then why is it that you choose and you ask to look at the picture before they post it? Hmm? Well, because I ain't trying to look ugly in front of people. Listen, it's not the picture that made you look like that. <laughs> That's how we look. Like, we're not lying. That's how you looked at that moment. We just caught it. <laughs> Why? Because we, we, didn't have it, we didn't have it from up there. We didn't take it from up there. And now, well, my face is going to look all big like that. Well, your face is big. And yes, we should, we should care about the way that we uh, appear to other people. But the thing is, we're so consumed with small little things like that, guys. And if we don't think, do things on a small level, if we don't overcome things on a small level, where Jesus said, you're going to be persecuted for my name's sake, oh man, we don't even come close to that. Like, yes, we've seen some people taking some hits in the last few years, being martyred, but I'm talking about us right here the majority of us in the church and those of us watching by Facebook Live, I'm going to share this later on my Facebook, uh, to the majority of us in this country, uh, listen, the majority, we're not really facing a lot of huge uh, martyr-type situations. We're not. What we're doing is we're shutting down at the very first sign of someone opposing what we're saying because we just get angry at them. Or we just get mad. We, we, we just, we're, and really it's a fear of, of rejection. It's a fear of, of, of having to be in a conversation and, and us have, you know what breeds and what feeds that fear of rejection is not being prepared. I'm afraid that, I, I'm afraid to encounter and engage in a conversation from somebody. They're just going to reject what I have to say. Um, and it could be because we don't really know what we have to say. And we need to study more. We need to find out the nature of everything that we're talking about. So that way we, we won't fear being rejected based off of what we don't know. That we just need to dig in a little bit. Study to show ourselves approved. Does that make sense? That we, that we, we can dig in and if they disagree with us, listen, I don't like hearing the excuse that the, the world is just, uh, you know, it's darker than it's ever been. It's, yes, it is dark out there, but God is so light. Why are we afraid of the big bad world? He's not. That's the reason he kept us here so that we could get saved and we could be a light to them. God doesn't hate them. He's not mad at them. He wants them to come to him, but it's going to be us. We've got to get over the fear of rejection. We've got to be, stop being mad at everybody. I work in the Hollywood industry and the, the belly of the beast. And I can tell you, listen, guys, God's at work. God's at work. God, God loves the unchurched. And you know what? What I found is that most of the time when we're talking about they'll just never receive us and just, uh, most of the time in my experience what do I know but in my experience in working inside the entertainment industry in the Hollywood uh, sir, people are not closed to God they're closed to the image that we've given them of God which is a mean want to get you right now want that you know what I'm saying that that's kind of what they're taking from it. And, and what I found is the gospel was created for the lost. It works when it's presented. 
presents it to the lost, it's got something that sticks. The Holy Spirit gets in there and draws them to Father God, but we are the ones who have to be getting over our fear of being rejected for presenting the gospel in a way that God would have us present. Does that make sense?